Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Hello, everyone. It's so nice to be with you again this week. Today, Norma and I are going to have a conversation and explore a a term that's being used and thrown around these days. And I thought it would be interesting for us to look at and just check out and see, am I being a snowflake? And so what I mean when I use this term, and I know the the term snowflake has been used in different ways over time. And so I want to specify what we're talking about today is the term that we might use for a person when we would want to imply that they have an overinflated sense of uniqueness, an unwarranted sense of entitlement, or even an overly emotional, easily offended personality, somebody who's unable to deal with any opposing views from their own. And they usually see themselves or at least project themselves to others as being quite fragile. And so with that, I want to uh, welcome Norma and get right into this conversation. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kerry. Yeah, thanks. Let's um, let's start the discussion and see. Yeah. Well, I, I approach it with, you know, some apprehension because it's not that we are wanting to say that anyone is a snowflake, but I wondered if I, I, I picked it up and started trying to see how maybe in my life are there places where I kind of like to think I have a special set of circumstances that need to be considered or that somebody has been, you know, particularly insensitive when it comes to saying things to me that maybe I think are offensive. And so I'm not, I, you know, I don't use this term. I don't, as far as labeling somebody else, but often when there is something negative kind of floating around, or the, I just like to see, well, where might that be true in my life? And if so, you know, what do I think about it? So that I can just, I don't know, I think it kind of brings perspective and, and perhaps some balance. And so with that, I, I thought, yeah, for sure, I can see where sometimes I take I take exception to something that somebody has said, or I have a sensitivity in a certain area that I wish people would be more considerate of. And, and so you can, you can start to recognize that and, and think about, is that how you want to be approaching life? And, and why am I choosing to have that? Why do I want to be sensitive or overly cautious around certain things? In, and it's usually in a certain relationship, right? It's not if the stranger said something to you, you wouldn't really care as much sometimes, but it's often with those who are closer to us that we think they're taking advantage of their knowledge of us and then using that to offend. Yes, I think this topic made me start to think about areas where I am maybe overly sensitive or where I take um, offense. And I think it can 
can happen so quickly. I think, as you mentioned, we do it with the people that is closest to us because we have that certain expectation of them. And we sometimes put them like on a, on a pedestal and we think that they should maybe know better or we assume that they are thinking um, exactly how we are thinking. And I think whenever we make assumptions about other people, we are always wrong and we cause unnecessary suffering for ourselves. So uh, I just thought of how how hard it would be for other people to be around us if we are this person that is so overly sensitive and always find something offensive. I think it is. it takes so much work from the other party or the other person or in a relationship when we do this. And we think that, as you said, we are maybe entitled to a certain way of treatment or we are, we have this expectation, we have this certain standard that everyone should comply with. But most of the time we don't verbalize our expectations or our standards. So how can anyone else then really know what our standard is? And I mean, I'm not talking about when, according to all of us, let's say the average standard, that people talk to you in a derogatory way. That is not what we're talking about today. The, the conversation today is about us finding ways to be offended or because we're overly sensitive. And I think that is more the focus today than really yeah. those cases where we can all sort of agree that that isn't the way to be talking to someone else. It's almost like we're looking for a reason to be offended. You know, as, as you were speaking, I just thought, like, why do we want that? Why do we want, like, what is the motivation behind me deciding that somebody else is not being sensitive enough towards me or that not being considerate enough is really me wanting to find fault with them? Right. It's not that I'm so sensitive. It's just that I'd like to find fault with this other person. It, it almost seems anyway that that is the motivation is to point out that somebody else isn't quite, you know, kind enough or considerate enough and that they should be more a certain way. And so there's some control in there, I think, some desire to control other people's behaviors and and to create a certain you know, life for ourselves, maybe where we're not required to be quite as emotionally mature instead of growing and changing ourselves and learning how to hear what somebody's saying and really, you know, ask more questions to get to know what they're wanting or what they're meaning from their words. We just want to be. <laughs> and, I, and I think, again, this is we, we get kind of. It's kind of for me, it is a bit of a laziness uh, or an uh, I don't want to change. You should change how you speak so I can stay sensitive. And and so that's for me anyway why I would choose to to go that route and to be kind of play a little bit more of that fragile sensitive side of things. So certainly not helpful and I know I can always feel it when I'm being a little bit it's kind of immature for me to to go down that road. I choose it anyway because because I like feeling special and I want to feel entitled. I, I I actually you know like not in the long run but in the moment I want to feel 
entitled to those emotions. And so I'm, yeah. Yeah, and Terry, I, I think you touched on all the important points. Um, we want to control what the other person does or say so that we don't have to do the work. Yeah. Um, we have all these shoulds and shouldn'ts in our lives. We have that expectation or, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, expectation or we have the standard of the way that we do life and we say and behave in a certain way. And now we want everyone else around us to to do the same. And in a way, we've been really just saying, oh, well, I'm doing it the right way, you're doing it the wrong way. And all of this just makes us want to create that certainty for ourselves that, as you said, that you should change because it's it doesn't take any effort from me if you change. But I, if I need to change, then it's going to take a lot of effort and there's going to be a lot of work that goes into it. What do you think about this aspect of the overinflated sense of uniqueness. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, I have some ideas, but I'd love to hear what you think about this. I think that really it comes from your self-concept. If I think in, in, in earlier years, maybe as a young adult, I think I had this overinflated sense of, of uniqueness. And I had this little bit of entitlement that I should be treated a certain way because of certain things. And I think for me, it, it really comes down to me doing the inner work and going and reflecting on really what is my self-concept? What do I sort of see myself? What do I believe about myself? What is my self-worth? Because if I... How I would describe it is I'm letting the world know I'm this absolutely unique individual and I want everyone to around me to see that. Is then why am I not seeing it in myself? Because if I believed it and I saw it in myself, I wouldn't want someone else to acknowledge it. I mean, obviously, it's great for someone to see your uniqueness and what you do that's special or a talent that you've got. But if I like have this little chip on my shoulder because of my uniqueness, then for me, it just tells me that maybe I don't have that belief in myself because if I am actually saying I'm so unique, then am I not saying I'm a little bit more superior than maybe someone else? So that's my, my view on that. Yeah. Or, yeah, I wonder if, too if we, we maybe don't, maybe we don't feel unique in our own way and so we want others to like you said earlier help us make us feel that way and so we kind of create these these things in our lives and these boundaries and these requirements from other people to to enforce what what we wish was true and and don't really believe actually about ourselves as you've said so interesting and i wondered too like what is a like, what else could we be thinking? What would be helpful for us to believe or to be thinking about this, this desire to, to be feeling special? And I thought, if I was willing to be responsible for myself emotionally and take responsibility for what I'm thinking, I would then be able to create that sense of feeling special, not in an overinflated way, but in a way that was just 
a certain quiet confidence that could come from really understanding that, of course, we all are unique. We all have a very special call on our lives. We have been intricately made for a very specific purpose. And so why wouldn't I look to those thoughts and within my own, I'm going to say responsibility, take responsibility for that for myself. And in knowing the truth about each one of us really, truly is that amazing creation, right? And, and instead of looking for it to come from outside of ourselves. Yes. And every person is so unique. And no. just as our fingerprints are unique, so is our mix of circumstances, where we came from, what we've learned, our talent, skills, and all of those things. We all have something very special. We all have this little blend of our yeah. experiences and who we've become. And we all got creation. And that is amazing in itself. And for us not to overinflate our uniqueness, I think also takes away from us recognizing others because in that uniqueness and wanting acknowledgement, we sort of want others to see us and to acknowledge how amazing we are instead of if we see ourselves as unique and amazing, but we can also see others, then it sort of takes the focus of ourselves. Of course, we know it and we, it, it's, it's like an inner knowing. It's like self-worth that I know I'm unique. And that others are unique. And I wouldn't want them to sort of overinflate my uniqueness. We also are in so confident with being unique that we can also see others' uniqueness. And I think that's the beauty of this. So, yeah, that's a beautiful perspective. I like that. I think when we um, are easily offended, it is also like giving our power away to the other person because it's almost like, oh, I don't have control. Because whatever you say or you do can offend me or can make me feel overly sensitive about something. And I think that is, again, where we sort of have to like just check in with ourselves. I mean, why am I giving the other person so much power? And, and really just bringing it back to, the, do I want to live my life like that? Do I want to have people like tiptoeing around me and always being scared or maybe think twice about things that they tell me or, or say in front of me? And is that the person that I want to be? And if I can take complete responsibility for my, what I think and what I say, then I have all the power. Then I can live an amazing life because I know that I know who I am, my values and my, my strengths and, and, and all my talents and skills. And someone else can say whatever they want. And I can still manage my own mind. I can control my thinking because what I make it mean what the other person says has a big impact on how I feel and how I actually then behave. So I think coming back to taking responsibility of, I do create my own emotions. So I can't say that you should stop saying that to me because you're offending me. It's like, again, going back to, you need to change for me to feel better. And maybe Kerry, what do you do with uh, people in your practice? What kind of work can they do or can someone do if they are a person that is maybe a little bit sensitive and maybe take um, offense and maybe not think about it in the way that we have discussed it today? What do you think is the sort of starting point? What is the mindset shift that they can make in order to be a little bit less sensitive or, or becoming aware 
of certain things so that they can really just live a life where they have control over their emotions instead of of handing that power over to someone else. I think the first thing that you said was so powerful in that if we don't know that, the truth is that we create our emotions with our own thoughts. It's not what the other person said. So I think learning that and really running that through seeing where that's true, writing down scenarios where you're feeling hurt and seeing what did they say, like write it down exactly what they said, and then realize what did I think about that, those words, and and then notice the emotion that comes up for you. You will see very quickly that it's attached always to what we're thinking. And so noticing that first. And then I think what's really helped me and I think it ha has helped others also if we can get there. And this is this is a little bit, it takes some work and takes some time to start become more curious about the person on the other side of the conversation. And so we, we're often very focused on ourselves and we don't mean to be, but I think it's just a natural state of being. And so when we can notice instead the words that somebody is saying to us and we can accept them not as piercing or angry but as completely neutral just they're just saying words and I even practice saying that to myself oh look so and so is saying words instead of you know really emotionalizing or weaponizing what they were saying against myself just go okay this person's talking I wonder what they're wanting to say. And so I would start asking questions and say, can you tell me more about that? Oh, you said this. Can you please explain to me? And again, we have to watch that we're not doing this in a defensive way, but from that place of really, truly wanting to understand what the message is, I've found that the other person is kind of taken a little bit aback because they're already expecting the usual dance with you, right? Where you're going to be offended and they're going to have to defend themselves. So, so if you can just say, tell me more about what, what you mean when you say that, help me understand what you want me to know. I mean, in already we've changed the cadence of which that person's going to answer. They might still sound a little defensive because they don't really understand what you're up to now, but if you really truly were coming at it from a place of interest and curiosity about what was happening for them when they were saying that and what they wanted you to understand, I mean, that kind of changes everything after that, right? Anything else. But it's practice. And it takes, I found it took a lot for some of the people that I work with to, to be able to, to be sure enough in their own ability to have their own thoughts about what this person is saying and not obviously have to be offended. Now they actually are choosing more of an interest or a curiosity aspect than, than I'm just going to be offended stance. And so it, it changes everything right at that point. Yeah, I like what you said. So in my mind, I see the other person as, you know, they come from a place where they're doing their best. And I'm expecting the best from them. And then also about expectations about other people. And we had this conversation this week about our expectations about other people and 
that they sometimes don't meet our expectations. And the way we speak to people might not be the way that other people speak to us. But at the end, that we should just recognize that. Uh, and what you said so so profoundly was that it's okay if other people don't meet our expectations sometimes. And But we still are not an island. We aren't in this world alone. So we have to change our mindset and, and think in a way that serves us. Because if you're going to take offense and be sensitive to every little single thing that everyone says, we're going to be aggravated and angry and mad and, and resentful um, a lot of the times. So again, bringing mm. it back to how do I want to live my life? Do I want to be offended or do I just want to accept this person for who they are? And now what? Right. Yeah, I think you're right. You, we end up living, we do isolate ourselves when we are trying to avoid some of these feelings or, or if we're really believing we are truly that fragile in our emotions that we just can't be around certain people, well, that circle, all of a sudden, that circle of people we can't be around gets pretty big and the people that we are able to be with can get quite small and we really limit ourselves and the influence that we might have on others by, by doing that. So, yeah, really good. It's always so easy for us to be surrounded by people that think the same as us and see the world through our eyes or all very similar eyes. And it takes work to be surrounded mm -hmm. by people that don't think the way we do. And we're never going to get to our like insecurities and doubts and, and limiting beliefs, really, if we keep, if we, if we try and avoid every conversation or person that we think is offending us or that is saying something that maybe is a little bit inappropriate at times, because those are the only times that we actually get to ask ourselves the difficult questions. Why are you getting offended because of this? Or why are you so sensitive when this person said that? So it's all comes down to the work we need to do. That's the harder part. Instead of saying, everyone else around me, you need to change. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this was such a great topic today, and I really had a, a great time talking about this with you, Kerry. I hope you found something in this discussion today that you can implement to make a positive change in your life. So thank you for being here, and we will be back next week. Thank you. Bye, Bye, everyone. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of a fold and fabulous over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.